Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befigan Pennant, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befigan uh, Pennant the only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão um culto. É que a gente é liberado, que é o que é mental, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim, intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Bifica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With you, as always, my man here is Cristiano Oliveira. What's happening, Cristiano? A little stressed out right now. A little stressed out right now, but... <laughs> You're a little stressed out why? because of the Yankees? You can't be more stressed out than Dave. Dave's team's out. Yeah, at least you're in well, the, that's you know, what I'm saying. the wild card. What's happening, Dave? Nothing much. Good to be back on here tonight. Good. I thought it was going to be positive Cristiano, and now man's all stressed out, and it's not even related to Benfica. <laughs> oh, it's the top of the fifth. Oh, he's, still got, he's still got a little bit of time. Whatever. What's up? We'll talk about the Yankees a little bit later on. What's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? What's, what's crack-a-lacking? You know, I just remembered, uh, as you were doing your introduction, yeah, your introduction. Um, I wanted a host. We're a host next time. You wanted a host? Go yeah. ahead. You can nah, still host. I late. give you my notes. Too you late, can't man. read my handwriting. Too late now. I'm tonight's not the right night. Tonight's not the right. I'm watching night. these bums over here. Yeah. But um, um, hey. So here we are for another night, and and welcome to all the Freddies who've already uh, joined us. The only sad part about today's podcast is we we should have done it before Sunday because it would have been a much more positive <laughs> Cristiano you know episode right now it's you know it's ups and downs and today look another straight go uh you know we'll get into that in a little bit yeah not only that but uh we also got uh recapping Barca Barcelona uh game and and then that which Cristiano alluded to which was uh the game against Portimonense we got international break and we also got the elections on the horizon which happened this Saturday the night Bro, so. we got to welcome and say hello and welcome all the Freddies. Thank you very much for partaking in today's beautiful podcast. Have you welcomed them yet? Yeah, I did. You just weren't listening. 
Nah, me not listening. Nah, that <laughs> can't be. Got the wrong guy. <laughs> he got the wrong guy. So anyway, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, ahead of another international break. What the hell is going on with these international breaks, man? I, I've had enough. Had do enough. You, do you? Of international. One more is on the horizon after this month too. Jesus. Um, the good thing about international break is that Rafa was uh, excused. So apparently he got a gunalgia. You know what a gunalgia is, Cristiano? El in his nalgas. You know what it is? Around the <laughs> The gunal. Well, I don't understand why they uh, got to make things so fucking difficult. It's a gunalgia. What the hell is a gun? Does a guy has a di- di- gonorrhea? Gunalgia. You know what it is? Take a guess. What's a gunalgia? <laughs> let's see I bro I, I only went to school in Portugal in the first grade they didn't teach us that it's uh, pain in the knee <laughs> that's what I'm talking about why, why, why can't they just say he's got knee pain Carlos, Carlos, I, I'm pretty I, sure one of my old girlfriends had that. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, that's when she was probably banging her in the carpet. <laughs> you usually get no, gunalgia no, rash. No, you mean banging her knee. We got children. You mean banging her knee in the carpet. Banging, yeah, banging the knees, you the know. Carpet, yes. But, um, but yeah, I don't understand. And then you read an article in Ebola, and it says you got a gunalgia, but nowhere in the article does the Ebola kind of dumb it down. Not only for the people who are not familiar with with medical terms, but also us uh, English speakers that may, we may not have that advanced of a vocabulary so if in Portuguese. Google Translate. <laughs> I don't know. Come put on, it, come, put it up. Google Translate. Agunalgia. And this is I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> hey Siri, come agunalgia, va. Not algebra. Gunalgia. <laughs> what is a gunalgia? Here's what I found from pitteru.com. Gunaji, Sanskrit. Is a yeah, that's the main perception. How, if Siri doesn't know, how are we in North America going to know what the hell a gunalgia is? Siri knows everything. Let me see if uh, if we got it. If we got it right, go. I think it's time the uh, podcast hires a doctor. Yeah. So so the, the, the so I looked up gunalgia in English, <laughs> and in Portuguese is the same. It's the same term. No, it's just oh, this guy gunalgia. It's the same term. Yeah. Gunalgia. Knee pain. Yeah. I just I don't understand why they got to make it so difficult for us reading the articles. So we got to go search for the articles. That's awful, man. It's awful. But anyway, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this. It must be one hell of a pain in the knee because it took two guys to replace him. That's right. They, they, Him and the Mings Duarte were let go. Uh, re, were Not let go. Were released because of whatever, some medical gunalgia, apparently, and whatever else for the other guy. And they called up three guys. So they... Yeah. That means... Rafa, him, and, uh, and, him and the goalie, right? The no, Duarte? No, no, du- no, du- no, du- no, no. He's a center. The Mings Duarte, the center, uh, center back. Oh, he's a center back? Yeah. Center back. Right, Dave? 
right? Yeah, where does he play? Uh, Spain, Spain, right? Spain, Spain. Yeah, Granada. Yeah. I think something like. So that. anyway, um, we got a little bit, uh, we got a little bit derailed, but let's let's get right into it. Benfica played Barcelona in match day two of the Champions League, a game that uh, up. We did the podcast on Tuesday. The game was on Wednesday, and we had a lot to say. But we also some of the things that we said is that if if there's a Barca that we could beat this is the one because they're in disarray but yet we knew it was going to be a tough task um so let's start with the with the with the lineup and then we'll um we'll get into the game Vlacodimus, Verissimo, Tamendi and Vertonghen Lazaro, Grimaldo, uh, Weigl and João Mario, Rafa, Yaramchuk and, and Darwin uh, was the lineup and I guess it's safe to say uh this is most likely or if not our, our strongest lineup, with the exception of Lazaro. I don't think he's cemented the, uh, a place he's yet in the lineup. Right he's, a uh, he's our best option. <laughs> he's played a game and a half. He's already he's our already best our option. best option at that right wing back position. Don't kid yourself. Right. So, um, started very, very quick. Was it three minutes? Three minutes in, and we were uh, up one nothing on Barcelona. Who would have uh, who, who thunk it, right? Um, a ball played deep. Um, Darwin chased it beat a defender with a step over and then <laughs> he looked like he was in the olympics and the hurdles and the hurdles of it the legs were just and, going and everywhere like and a giraffe and a, and a triple jump he's doing a triple jump no and, and i thought that when i was watching it i thought that that is touch out of the um out of the step over was a little bit long but as it turns out it kind of ended up working in his favor Right, because it, it goes a little bit long, so the defender now sees okay, it's going a little bit long. There's no way he's gonna hit that that near post. He hits a near post, tricks their stegen, uh, and Bifika's up for nothing. He tricked himself. himself up. Look, all I know is that <laughs> he was going for a cross. Grand Darwin. I never, <laughs> I never doubted the guy for a second. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Alfredo says, yeah. <laughs> My partner cries. You know, it, it, the, the funny thing is we kind of have a, a running joke in our private chat where I, I've always had a little bit more patience for, for Darwin and, and Chris and, and Dave always rag on me and they they like to paraphrase me and throw shit when Darwin's not doing too well. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm done with Darwin. I don't have any more patience for Darwin. Dave, and then he starts scoring. Dave che- texted me. Outside of that private outside. chat. And he asked, yo, any word, uh, any idea if Alfredo was crying? <laughs> <laughs> no, because. He didn't want to ask. Yeah. And, and then there was there was another episode. I think that he had gone on a huge drought and he had scored and he got really emotional. And this was after no, he came back from. He came back from injury. He came back yeah. from injury. And also there was, a, there was some confidence issues with him. So when he scored. He got emotional, and I said, hey, "You know, I, I it was a t- I, I'm not gonna lie, but a little tear came uh, out of my eye, uh, in my eye because I, I'm like everyone, I like a good underdog story, and to me, Darwin seems like an underdog, a little bit, right? How, how is he the underdog when he's gotten paid <laughs> a lot of money? The most expensive yeah. player in the history of the league. He's an underdog. But, but look, it's a guy that everybody shit on. But yeah, well, listen, but at least for <laughs> so this, my game, boy Stefanovic. <laughs> exactly. At least for this one game, for this one play." Right. As we talk about, you know, what, what happened throughout the rest of the game, it came out roses. So credit to him, whether it's, you know, might have caught us by surprise, obviously caught uh, Ter Stegen by surprise. Uh, but credit to him for having the belief in himself and, and doing what he has to do with the mugly st- crossover, stepovers, whatever you want to call them. Um, it, it, it did exactly what he was intended to do. So credit to him. 
he got on the score. Benfica took an early lead, and and, and the style of lose exploded, um, which was great to see. It's great to see Benfica at home at least come out on the right foot and uh, get that early lead against such a such a you know historic club in the Barcelona, the Barcelona that uh, as we've said fifty thousand times. Um, this is the time if you ever want to play, this is the time you want to play. <laughs> but you know what? You still have to play those games. And, and, and Darwin came off uh, right from the starting game with the right attitude, the right mindset, and he took it to them. And so credit to him. They figured got the early yeah. lead. Yeah. And that, then it, it was, yo, agarrato pao y No, I, uh, look, I, I, I thought it was a very good, <coughs> excuse me. I thought it was a very good half by Benfica. Um, I thought that the, the talk before the game, uh, which I gave the, the, the week which before, you, which, right, you, which you gave some pointers to JJ. The talk before the sheriff, game. Sheriff, Um it, it Basically, it said, you know, you got nothing to lose. You're playing in the stadium. Um, you're playing against a, a Barcelona who's a little bit uh, um, weak, wounded, if you say, wounded. wounded. Uh, and let's, let's just take the game to them. Let's just take the game to them. And, and I thought that JJ got a spot on in terms of that conversation. Uh, but I thought that Benfica was was excellent in that first half in terms of how uh, they approached the game. Uh, and then I, I was I was having a conversation with Chris about uh, three, four days ago uh, when we were talking. And I was telling Chris, uh, this was Monday, actually. I was telling Chris, so yesterday. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was telling Chris um, that I didn't think that Benfica, uh, Benfica players played out of their skin. Yes, they had a good game. But I felt that the team played to the best of their capabilities. Uh, when you talk about players playing out of their game and have an exceptional game, that Juventus game comes to mind where they were throwing bodies in front of the ball, everything. I just thought that Benfica was an image of what we've been evolving to so far this season. Bye, Dave. Because I I, I, I I was the first one in that, especially in that first half. I think there was still a lot of chances that should have uh, been made. I thought they were a bit sloppy there in the final third with uh, some passes that I don't know if they were just feeling some some pressure from Barcelona or I don't know. I just felt that the team was making a, a lot of errors uh, in terms of uh, that final pass to the the the, the final third there. But um, ultimately, we go into the half uh, one nothing up. And Barcelona had more chances and created more chances in the first half uh, too that they failed to uh, to capitalize. Right, so yeah. ultimately we've been on the other end of uh, of the equation, so uh, we got to take these uh, these strong European knights because uh, they haven't come to us uh, easily uh, last couple of years here. And well said, Dave. I totally agree with you. I think the one shocking thing from this game going into the half, you know, being only the score, right, being only one zero, because I thought. Benfica could have definitely gotten out of school, could have gotten a couple more on the scoreboard. I thought Benfica were lucky that Barca had a couple of chances. They didn't make the most of it. So, I mean, the one nothing result was, was you know, to half. me, was, was the least that Benfica could have done because they could have definitely gotten into the half leading by two or three, just like they could have gotten into the half, you know, tied 1 1. Um, credit to Benfica, to the defenders to do what they have to do. This is what they have to do, right? That's why they, they play the game, they practice, and they're there for these reasons, right? To stop the ball from going in, in, in their own net. And Benfica did exactly that. I thought yeah. they, they played well enough. Uh, Darwin is a guy that, as we mentioned, scored that early goal, but he also shanks a lot of opportunities. Yeah. It's, it's That's the frustrating part about um, this Darwin Nunez that we've seen at Benfica so far, because you could have gone into the, ha into the halftime 
with a little bit more breathing space, and we did it. And then we came out in the second half. It was, yeah. you know, a little bit of the same. But, you know, credit to Benfica, credit to JJ, who never took the pedal off, you know, the, 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 the foot off the, the pedal, pedal. and uh, who, who had these intentions of just going forward, never sitting back. You've seen even JJ in years past, right, where when, you know, Benfica would get a lead, he they were like, you know, pull off call off the horses right they'd sit back and try to hold on to the score and we didn't see that so it, it, it was a beautiful thing to see the style of the lose rocking yeah that was that was the best part of the whole thing yeah look it's it's one of those games that if if you're there it's a game that you'll never forget uh, you know and and when people ask you about like a, a a memory or a memorable game this is a game that will stay in your memory um forever uh but uh you know i i just look uh, and I don't subscribe to the idea that this was uh, uh, an extremely weak uh, Barcelona. It is though. <clears throat> it is, but it is. It's not. They still have players that could hurt you. But look, it's it is. I know. And I, we but, talked about that last. It's a historic win based on who the opponent was, right? But be, on the name on the shirt of your opponent, because if you look at that team, it's a team that look. They lost a lot of the firepower. Uh, firepower. They still have some of those guns that could absolutely hurt you. But they didn't. And so this is a team that's still struggling. That seems like they're not on the same page with the manager. And credit to Benfica. Benfica could only control what they yeah. do, could only worry about themselves. And they did exactly that. Now, I'm not – I wasn't one of those guys on Wednesday that was crying and had tears in my eyes. Like, oh, my God, we beat – you know what I mean? Look, it's Barcelona. I get it. They still have quality players. But we're catching Barcelona at the right time. Barcelona yeah. that is going through their own BS. And credit to Benfica for doing what they had to do. It's a game that I think Benfica was in a no-win situation coming into this game. If Benfica lost to this bum-ass Barcelona squad, right, it'd be, oh, my God, you can't even beat them bums. Or, you know, I'm being yeah. a little bit harsh here. But you can't even beat that team, you know, that that's the weekend of Barcelona. It's not the it's not the regular squad that we're accustomed to. How could you not beat that team that's struggling week in, week out? Fine. Okay. And then, obviously, Benfica beat them 3-0 three, three at home. You know, they, they yeah. had a couple couple tough moments. But, I get that. But it was, an, it, was, it was a comfortable victory, right? And here I am criticizing, not criticizing, but not praising them. You know, giving them the praise that they should get, which is, you know, it's a weekend. Up. So Benfica is in a tough, was in a tough position. But yeah. at the end of the day, all that matters is the victory. Benfica's got four points yep. in the first two games. And I know I just got ahead of the game. Could have, could have been could have been six. <laughs> but uh, no, and and look, I, I think that uh, Benfica had a very good, an extremely good start. Goes into the half uh, with a one nothing lead. Then the second half. Barcelona tries to 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 start something up, but it, it, still that that team is is in so much disarray uh, that even Ter Stegen coming out for that ball that that Darwin hit the post on that it, you know it just it just shows a little bit what this Barca is. Uh, I tell you, if that was uh, Vaco Dimas, <laughs> a lot of people be calling for him to get shipped out the door. <laughs> I'm just saying. People will be crying for Varela to come back. But look, here's a question I got for you guys. Do you guys think that Darwin's got to do better with that? You've already asked me that question. Uh, I know I did, but not Dave, Dave, go ahead. My my thing with Darwin is that when he's in the box one-on-one with the keeper and he needs to shoot, he makes that additional pass. And then when he's 
on the on the wing or in a position that he should be making that pass to somebody that is in front of the net he goes for the shot so man man is operating backwards uh for uh for my take here that there i think yaramchuk if i'm not mistaken is more one-on-one with the the keeper at a better angle and and darwin goes for the pass i don't know if he's just been hammered in and told to shoot 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 don't worry about passing and now that's all that's on his mind doesn't matter where he is at uh on the field but um in positions that he needs to make that shot he's passing it and then in positions where uh the pass is the better option he's taking the shot i, I don't know what's uh what's yeah. going through, through the guys. I, no no the one play the play that he hits the, the he goes around yeah, that, that one there i'm saying I'm you mistaken, think he should have done better I think he should should have made the the pass. If I'm not mistaken, he should have made the pass. No, Davey shut it on goal, dude. And he thinks he should have made the pass because Chuck was he on the other shut side it on the post. Himself. Yeah, he hit the post. Yeah. yeah, and Chuck was on the other side by himself. Mm-hmm. There was a defender in the middle. Right, Dave. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah if I'm not mistaken, I want to kind of rewatch yeah, I, it. I, I don't, I look, don't. I'm not. Look, I'm I'm a hundred. You you thought he could have done better, meaning put the no, ball score, in the back. No, I'm not meaning the pass. No, he's got to hit the goal. The goal's wide. I get it. He's look. He's He's the most expensive player in the history of the Portuguese. <laughs> He's got to be able to put that ball on net from that angle. My opinion. That's it. If that's Jonas, is that going on goal? Oh, absolutely. With his eyes closed. If that's, but, my, I boy, mean, you're, but you're that's th- my boy's federal week. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think let's break this down, right? So he knows the goalie's off the, off the goal, right? So the, your first instinct is nobody in goal. I got to hit the target. I think the last thing he was thinking about was the pass. Yes, the pass, if he lifts up his head and sees where Chuk is, he might have placed him. But, dude, but I think his his first look is yeah, who, who, for who's us, in goal. For us, it's easy to see. It, it is right? Yeah, right. We're watching on TV. We're watching from above. And like, oh, you got Chuk. Look, all you know as a player, you're looking down. You're chasing the ball. All of a sudden, yo, I just beat the keeper. Yeah. Shit, there's no keeper. You're not thinking about pass. First thing you do is looking up at the net. Yeah. So I don't blame. I'm not. I'm not killing him. It, Dave, I see what you're saying. It looks to us Monday morning quarterback, and right from the outside, it looks like the wiser choice would have been the pass because the other guy centrally, yada yada yada. I get it. But as a striker, you see the goalkeeper out the goal. Your first instinct, man, is to pick your head up and pick out the goal. I just thought that. Yeah. It was hard to hit the post and it was actually put it on net and he hit the post. Yeah. No, I, I agree with Dave. Um with Davey. Uh, what Davey's saying is is a tough angle, man. And he's from a distance also. I'm surprised he hit the post. I I could have sworn he was gonna miss the goal altogether. It, it would have been probably easier to miss the goal altogether. Yeah, I don't um, think he was intending to hit the post off right. Let's not give the guy credit. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been easy to miss something. No, no, but it, it, it would have been more acceptable from Darwin to miss the goal than to hit the post or or to score the goal. Um but but certainly um you know, it's it's and it's one of those things that it happens. You see the team in this array, and I think that that Benfica just grew confident. Uh, and then you got the the, the half a goal in the 69th minute, which I, I thought that that just like that just put down uh, Barca, put the, game. Uh, put the game away, and then in the the third the PK, which was an obvious PK with my man Gilberto Carlos uh, with the with the header. And uh, that's, the obvious, that's a PK um, all day, every day. Yeah, every day. I I think that the ref went to the VAR. It took him a whole two seconds to look at the play and to call it. It didn't even take that long. He just needed to his see. His only the, hesitation was the ball was. His only hesitation the arm was in calling up. that was did he want 
Darwin to get his third brace in four games. That was which, by the way, he got his third brace. You know that Darwin games. asked for the ball to take that PK. Good for him. He's trying to make up for him the post. It just uh, <laughs> it, no, but you know what? <clears throat> what that speaks of is the the growing confidence. Uh, right. So he's feeling confident, asked for the ball. If his confidence was an all time low and this goes, <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat today. Yeah. You're getting this, choked up talking you. about Darwin. <laughs> I'm getting choked up. Uh, and this goes back to what, what Xian was saying last week. Right. If you guys follow our podcast and you listen to us as as Darwin is having that discussion, that argument with JJ and they're going back and forth. Uh, and I asked Chris. I'm surprised, or I told Chris, I'm surprised it didn't come out right away. And Chris, Chris' uh, angle was, well, we took such a long time to build up his confidence. If he takes him there, if he takes him out, he, he shoots his confidence right Darn. down. So, where's the confidence for Darwin in this game? So it just kind of, it just kind of played up to it, right? And the fact that he's asking for the ball uh, is a sign that he's growing in confidence, regardless whether he still shanks a lot. But I still, he's, I, I still think that he's better with Seferovic if he chooses to go to goal. Um, his growing confidence is good uh, because that physicality, that speed, that's the, the one thing, the ability man. to keep the We've, ball. I, I've used this line here on the podcast for I don't know twenty years now, it seems. Which is is one thing you can't teach, man. You can't teach size. You can't teach speed, and he's got both of them, and he uses that to his advantage. He uses that physicality. And, you know, he, you could tell that Barcelona was a little bit taken back for a while. Like, well, what the? What's gotten into this guy? <laughs> who is this yeah, guy? Like, no, but but the funniest thing was that Araujo, mm-hmm. who is a, country, a fellow countryman of Darwin, uh, and Darwin... No, Araujo's Brazuca, no? No, no, no. I think he's Brazilian. Who is the guy that was in the center of defense? I don't know. It might be Araujo, but I thought he was Brazilian. No, he's Uruguayan. Okay. Uh, and Darwin, in the media, when he reached the, the national team concentration today... Uh, was he was obviously interviewed by the media, and he did say that Araujo told them uh, that um, when you go by me, don't make me look too bad, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you're seeing this, this means that the guy the, just the... hit a freaking double <laughs> off the top of the green monster, and, and Judge gets thrown out at home. You gotta, you can't make this shit up. You can't make it. Could have been three two. We can't make this up. A little baseball action sort of uh, as we're, we're following it. Uh, Cristiano is a big Yankee fan. Uh, so he's, he's following Yankees are in uh, one match playoff to make the, the baseball playoffs. Uh, so he's he's watching that at the same time he's doing podcasts. That's, that's a dedication there. But anyway. Podcast comes first. Um, yeah. And then and then the, the, the PK, as I mentioned. And, and look, I, I think that uh, as fans – we really deserve the night like this, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of Barcelona being weak. Uh, we just need it. I mean, there's a lot of people that lose sleep over Benfica uh-huh. um, that get white and gray hairs from Benfica uh, that suffer with Benfica. So I think when you get victories like this, especially for us here outside of the U.S., right? Because um, if you guys are, are not here in the, the U.S. Is, as, as a... We are in the U.S. No, but but I mean, especially for, for people also. that are not in the North American... Oh. Am, am, if people are in Europe, it's different because Benfica is very well known in Europe. In the U.S., you have this mixture of cultures and everybody has their America, own Pumas. team. Um, so... 
you always want to be proud of your team or what your team is doing in Europe. Uh, so when Benfica plays in uh, against Barcelona and wins, you walk around your job with your with your chest puffed out because Benfica just beat Barcelona. And Chris is the prime prime example uh, of that. Like a, he's, like a peacock. He's got he, he's garnered enough abuse over the years yes. that Benfica is absolutely shit. Yeah, in the Champions League. Um, so, so yeah, for, so for us fans in, for in years, in, man, when I mentioned Benfica, people <laughs> laugh at me. Like, what, what team is that? And, and now it's like, you know, you can't even get mad at them no more when, you know, you speak to a Portuguese, to a person that's not Portuguese, I should say. And, you know, they like to drop the line that, yo, the only team I know is, is Porto because it's, you know, in Portugal because what I see in the Champions League. And it's like, you can't even get upset because they're the only team that's actually represented lately. And so we finally got a night that we've all been asking for, which look, regardless of the opposition, right? Because the fact is that in years past, it didn't matter if it was a weekend out of Barcelona, a, a tough Barcelona, if it was the local boys and girls club, Benfica was not winning these games. And that's the sad part of it. And so you take the win as they come. It's a win. It's against a historic club. It's the first time that a Portuguese team's ever beaten Barcelona 3-0. Um, I don't recall the last time if he could win a game three noon in a freaking Champions League. <laughs> so, you know, just that alone is, is reason to celebrate. So credit to Benfica. Um, call it what you want to call it. It is what it is. We won the game fair and square. We move on to the next game. And obviously we 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 hope and we always expect um to get these performances from our club over the years this is not a a 2021 thing this is i mean you're going back even the years that benfica was making it to the europa league finals and stuff like that it, it's just some of these disappointing performances in champions league football have always left us just shaking our head we never quite understood why and so look as we talked about darwin a few weeks ago when we all joked and laughed at him when he got two goals against Santa Clara, if I'm not mistaken, where like ball, he shot the ball look like a ping, uh, one of them, uh, <laughs> pinball, pinball game, tick, 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 but ricocheted off everybody, the but it went in. Right. And so we talked about it then where we said, hopefully this, you know, builds up some confidence in the guy. And we've seen that it, it definitely has it carried on into that Barcelona game. You know, as you talked about before, the guy wanted the ball, he wanted to take the penalty. And so we bring this back now to Benfica, the club, Right, the whole roster, which is we hope that a win like this can set Benfica off on, on a nice run. And I get it, the next two matches are very, very tough matches. Yeah. You know, against arguably you could argue Byron is, you know, the best team in the world. They're right yeah. there in the conversation. So it's gonna be a very tough uh two matchups, uh two games, let's just say. Uh but after that, you know, maybe Benfica could get back on the bounce and say, Look, we're going into the comp no and we're playing a the same weekend dog, a team that's gonna have to, you know, that wants to 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 to, to get on the on the scoring sheet, that wants to get on the win column. They have zero uh, zero points, right? Yeah. If they have zero points. They're, they're negative six. So right now, Benfica, at least in the in the goal scoring department and the tiebreaker goal differential, Benfica's doing all right. They're <laughs> they're they're plus three, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're plus three. Barcelona's negative six. So hopefully this confidence builds. And again, it starts with nights like this. Benfica has to show up in games like this. The fans. We always show up, okay? But the club doesn't always show up. And for this one game, they absolutely did, and it was just magnificent to see the style of the losers back alive once again. Uh, um, and, and this is why we all fell in love with Benfica. Yeah. With nights like this, you often come on here, more so than I do, and you talk about when we were growing up, those European nights. Yeah. 
and you and I were little kids and we fell in love with the 120,000 style of loose screaming. It didn't matter raining. It didn't matter. It was just fans were there to support and just sing all day long. And, you know, we've gone away from that a little. And now a night like the other night against the Barcelonas of the world, it showed us again that, look, this is what we this is what's possible. This is what we can do when the club is playing well, when the fans are supporting like they always do. It's just a beautiful thing to to, to to see, a beautiful thing to watch. And again, I know I'm repeating myself here, but that's why we fell in love. Yeah. This club was because of nights like this. A hundred percent. So an imp extremely important three points. And, and like, I, I'm the, the Dinum Kiev is, is my pass, my, my pass Freda to Chris about three years ago that it's a game that I felt that we should have won that game and we're in much better position now had if we have six points. Um two two matches up two matches with, with Bayern, one at uh at the Luge, uh which I will be on by the way. I'll be at, I should say, <clears throat> by the way. And then we uh travel to Germany to to play them uh on a double fixture. I think, uh, and, and if, like Cesar's saying, if we get a point at home and, and only lose by two in, in, at Munich, I'm happy. I, I think a point at home is not too uh, too far-fetched uh, to get. Uh, but I think that uh, that Bayern is going to want to close out this this thing as, as, as quick as possible, which would also then play into that last couple fixtures um, that, uh, that Benfica will have uh, Barcelona and Kiev at home. Uh, and one in the Cat Catalonia, obviously. Uh, but look, it's a great result. It's a Benfica, great result. Benfica is going to be confident, though. After this game, this great victory at home, they play their next Champions League game mm. at home. And we have to, they're, man. They're going to be confident. It, you know, it, it's going to be... Benfica are going to make things tough on, on Bayern, but look, I, I think to sit here and expect the same demolition of Barcelona, of a Bayern Munich, I think it's too much to ask for. So just want the club to come out, man, play with the right mindset, the right attitude, never give up. Stop playing that wussy ball sitting in the back. I don't want to see all 11 guys behind the Stop ball. Stop playing that just, for that sense ball. Yeah, let's 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 play some, some real football. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we get exactly that. Yeah. Dave, numbers on this game so we can move on to next topic. Yeah, like uh, Chris said, first Portuguese team that's beaten Barcelona 3 uh, nothing. Uh, this is the third time that Benfica has had four points through their first two Champions League uh, match days. Uh, previous two, Benfica uh, managed to qualify for the knockout round. So uh, we'll have to see if we can make that 3-for-3 three three going forward. And uh, Darwin with his third brace of the season, making him uh, Benfica's uh, leading goal scorer with six so far uh, this season. But that was actually, funny how the Sharks uh, start coming around now after scoring two goals against uh, Barcelona. I've had uh, some Inter fans messaging me saying, hey, we're linked to this Darwin Nunez. What are your thoughts on, uh, on City? Darwin? Take Jeez. him. Take him. Jesus. I don't know how Al we used to, Al well, we used to Pep, showcase our... could be looking at him. We used to uh, showcase our, our young talent, right? So this is a Darwin showcase uh, for the Champions League here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so after um after after Barcelona Benfica was back to Portugal to play Portimonense and the game took uh, place on Well they never uh, left Portugal. Oh that, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, back in action. Back in action. That's well, what you meant. Can back I say action. that they were in cloud nine and they came back oh, down to came earth? Back to earth. Yeah, you could yeah, you could have snuck it. Could have snuck by that. Yeah. yeah uh, maybe that's the way I should have gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
and I just messed it up. Yeah, you're good. Uh, but anyway, Benfica was uh, uh, back at Stadio de Luz uh, against Portimonense on Sunday, uh, coming off, uh, as we mentioned, a huge win in Europe. Uh, and usually these games after Europe are, are a little tricky. And uh, this Portimonense game uh, wasn't Well, before we get to Portimonense, exception. I just wanted to say that... Uh, that Go ahead. Uh, what did you want to say? Because because you've forgotten already. That's why I'm just reminding Voila. everybody. I, I predicted a two-two result. Oh, and I was wrong, and I'm I'm super happy that I was wrong. So let's see um right. let's see what we did here. You did one-one. Dave did two-zero. I think. No, I Dave. did two-one with the Freddies. I went with the Freddies. Uh, two-one yeah, Freddies. Two. I I I had one-one. Um, I had two-two. You had uh, yeah. Chris had two-two. And if you took uh, uh, Chris's betting tips, Chris had a draw over two and a half. Which I got. And Rafa to score. Oh, two out of three is not bad. So if you couldn't parlay that, but if you put some money on those individual bets, you would at least cast in on, on a couple you of them. Why couldn't parlay that? You could have. Because if parlay, you got to have three out of three. No, 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 but uh, for no, some reason to win the parlay, I, Dave, I try to put the par I try to put the parlay on uh, on DraftKings and it wouldn't let me. You says you can't you, you can't could do parlay a parlay. Anything. You could you could parlay anything. No, you I'm want. just telling you that uh, well, DraftKings did you dirty because you would have won. Well, you still would have <laughs> lost the parlay. No, no, no. The DraftKings said this parlay is not possible to do for some reason. I don't Gotta know. Gotta get why. on the so, bar stool So the correct score, the correct score, the over under, and a player that's. They yeah, it wouldn't. Dirty. It wouldn't. You should it wouldn't be give able to do that. Go to FanDuel. Well, let's get let's get Timo. Timo is, a, is an expert in this uh, betting. Maybe he's Timo. around that he could give us uh, some some pointers. Uh, but yeah, but two out of three is not bad. And look, and I and I got one. I mean, say what you want. Getting a goal score, hey, hey, that's not easy. There would have been some good money on that. I would have just if I would have said Darwin two goals, bro. Sh- <laughs> That would have been Dave. That's that's like twenty five million to one odd. I mean, damn, did I say twenty five mil? <laughs> Leicester City odds, right there. Yeah. So Portimonense, uh, Portimonense. Oh, I forgot to. Uh, oh, since we're on the topic, we might as well look at what we predicted for Portimonense. Oh man, I don't want to remember. Chris was four nothing. It's close. I was. I was one one. I don't remember where you were. You were you were three nothing, Dave. I, I made some some stupid comment about taking the over. I didn't want to give a scoreline. Oh, over two and a half, two yeah. and a half goals, is what uh, is what you said. Hey, four nil. It was almost four nil. It was, it was close. One nil. It was right there, bro. If we would have put away one of our fifty-eight chances, we you know not yeah. one, but four of them. We uh... so Portimonense game. Obviously, it, it's never easy to come back from Europe and and kind of change that that mindset. And and the proof of that is that. Uh, Five of the teams that played in Europe that won games in Europe actually dropped points over the weekend. Chris, did you know that? Real, Bayern, uh, PSG, Ajax. Let me see if I have that. I thought I had. I thought I had that um, somewhere. I thought I I screen capped it because I wanted to uh, bring it up on on the podcast, but I guess I didn't. Uh, But yeah, no, Perei Taki. Uh, so Barcelona won, lost to Atletico. <laughs> uh, Real Madrid lost to Bar- to Espanol. Uh, PSG lost to Rennes. Bayern lost to Frank- Eintracht Frankfurt. Ajax lost to Utrecht, and Befica lost to Portimonense. Here's a question: What was a bigger shock, 
Benfica losing to Portimonense, Bayern losing mm -hmm. to Eintracht or uh, Barcelona losing to uh, Atletico Madrid. Not Barcelona, I'm sorry, Real Madrid. I'm going to say Bayern. No, and I meant to say PSG. I forgot about PSG. That's the one I was really, because me, that's the biggest one, but that's the one I was trying to Yeah, get PSG to. lost 2 nothing To Rennes. To Rennes. To, to, I mean, that's got to be, I mean, that's as bad as Benfica Portimonense, though. If you look at the gap, Money wise, I know they're probably bigger, but in Portugal, being thinking, I don't think between... you could look at the at the gap money wise, Chris. Why not? I think you you look at the table, the gap on the table, and I don't know where Renz is at, but Portimonense oh. was seventh or ninth, I believe. We're not in mistaken. week thirty-eight, bro. We're in week four or five. Yeah, but still, gonna look good I mean, you've standards. already played seven games domestically. Dave, what was Portimonense at? Was it ninth or seventh? Going in, they were seventh. Yeah, and Renz is in eleventh. Yeah, so there you go. So that was much, it, PSG was much worse. Two but on that Real Madrid uh, topic, uh, RDT scored against uh, Real Madrid, the the big uh, RDT. So yeah, man, still got value there. Still got value. And somebody asked, uh, I don't know why he's not being called to the national team. Uh, but anyway, uh, RDT. Uh, but uh, none. So uh, somebody in the media was asking why he doesn't get called. But I don't know. But anyway, this Portimonense game. Let, let, let's let's before. talk about this Portimonense game. Uh, basically, the same lineup that we had against Barcelona, with the exception of Gilberto, uh, came in from Lazaro. Lazaro got hurt. Uh, I think I don't know if it was a, a, a gonalgia or what it was, <laughs> but it was definitely something Lazaro with his with his knee. Was it a groin? It was. I think it was Lazaro's a groin. So it could have been, or or maybe his quad. Gonalgia. Maybe it could have been his quad. Yeah, Quanalgia. Quanalgia. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, and look, I thought that um, it was one of those games, and from very early on, you kind of figured where the game was going to head it, and it's one of those games that, regardless of how much time there's in a game and how many chances present themselves, that the ball is not going to go in, uh, regardless. And I mean, when you see. Uh, the amount of saves that their their goalie uh, made and the quality. Well, not some of them were quality, right? But I mean, he's there. The whole body's there to defend. But I mean, you got saves that he's looking one way and the ball hits him on the the hand that's the furthest away from the body. I think there was one he saved with with his face or, or and like just point blank headers that he was just saving. And it's one of those those guys that and we often see this those goalies that just get in that zone against Benfica and you can't get anything past them. And regardless of what you try or what happens, it's not going to get there. Um, I don't, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple theories that people have put out there um, that, Oh, you know, we're coming off an, a, a European game. Uh, you know, and, and this and that. I don't. I don't subscribe to that. I think that you have every right to beat a team like Portimonense, as Shiano mentioned. Regardless of you know the the budget or you know whatever the team's value is and where they are on the table, you're playing at home, right? First time that you get 100% of the fan base allowed in the stadium, even though Benfica did a poor job of selling tickets and promoting that to get people in the stands, and, and it almost seemed like they only had 50%. Um, you have every right to beat this Portimonense game, but 
it's it's football sometimes. You just don't get the lucky breaks. I mean, there's been games this season where Benfica has gone to goal five times and they've scored five goals. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think at, at the end of the day, I think that Benfica had 22 chances. 22, 22, 22, shots. 20, 22 sh- shots is is I'm looking at the stats. 22 sh- shots, seven of them on goal, 13 corners, uh, 60% possession against the Portimonense that had five shots, three of them on goal, uh, four corners, um, and just just were a lot more effective. But from very early on, the one thing that I noticed is that Portimonense is very focused on fouling and stopping Benfica play and stopping that flow. And I think that I think that Benfica got a little bit impatient with, with that and they got a little bit frustrated because they weren't they weren't being allowed to play against Portimonense. Uh and look and then on the dead ball situation, Benfica allows a goal. Hasn't happened uh, a lot or at all if 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 that. But it was just I don't know man. It was just one of those games that I, I just felt that it just wasn't going to go our way. And I, I think that I started getting a little desperate. Dave, what would you think, man? Uh, on I share those same sentiments, uh, Alfredo, but really there's nothing more that this team could have done other than just capitalizing on their opportunities that, uh, that they had. I know there could have been some questions on JJ's substitutions, but just looking at his bench, who does he have on to bring that's going to change the the game at, at that uh at that point they should have just been able to capitalize on their chances that they had in the first half and um even a goal called off uh, offside there but when you run into a keeper that's playing the uh game of his life and i'm sure that he'll be getting a, a briefcase of money from uh nah, up yeah, north yeah but, Porto uh, B, right that's what they're known for Porto yeah B. so uh i mean at that point, there's nothing more that we could have done. We played our our game, just couldn't capitalize on our chances, and I don't, I I don't want to be frustrated with um with what could have been, but it's always frustrating to lose points. But if you look at this, we did everything that we uh, we would have asked from the the team, just couldn't capitalize and couldn't get it past the uh, the keeper or the goal line when we did get it past the keeper. Yeah, and and, and look, I, I thought the team played. If the team had played poorly uh, and lost the game, I would have been a lot more upset. But I still think that the, this team has every right to to beat this protagonist um, team. But it is just it's just that type of game. I mean, we've seen these games. If you've if you watch soccer all your life, you've seen these games that regardless of what happens, the ball is not going to go in. Uh, and it was just one one of those. One of those gate, one of those days. But I thought that the team played well, and I think that, um, and this probably we could probably compare this to American sports. So sometimes in the NFL, a team will go undefeated for a while, and you never know when the team is going to lose. And I thought that maybe Benfica needed to lose that game just to take a little bit of the pressure off. I don't know how you guys feel about that, um, but. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this much. There's three things I want to say. Go ahead. One. One. <laughs> All you guys criticize my boy, Jota Jota. But when he said that Portimonense was going to defend better than Barcelona, you all thought he was crazy, and he was exactly right. All right? just That's point number one. Number two. 
the Darwin we saw in that game on Sunday is the Darwin that we all know. <laughs> I, that's the guy we all know very well. That's number two. And number three, as frustrated as I normally get, and, and you know, Alfredo, you know that because I usually call you to vent after every uh, depressing Benfica result. Um, I, I I wasn't that upset after the game. And I'll Me tell you, either. I'll tell you I wasn't why. because we played well. Like we like we've had those games where, you know, Pasfreda, right? Like where Benfica looked like they they wanted to be anywhere else but where they were at at that moment. Right, and it's like, bro, really? You have a game on a lot, and like in this time, Benfica created opportunity after opportunity. As Dave said, the goalkeeper played out of his mind. We created chance after chance. We missed plenty of chances, and it wasn't for a lack of trying. It wasn't for a lack of creativity. It wasn't for a lack of ideas. It was just look. It wasn't our night. Um, we played well. We deserved to win that game, right? We should have, you know, come away with the three points. But sometimes the ball doesn't want to go in. Yeah. And I would have been a lot more pissed off. And, again, I'm never happy when we lose. Don't get me wrong. I'm still ticked off. You know, we just blew the, the chance to keep it at four, you know, from our rivals. But, you know, that whole BS. But we played well enough to come away with the victory. So, uh, you know, I would have been a lot more upset, more pissed off had we not created the chances that we not come out to play. And we did. So, in, in that respect, I have to. You know, applaud the team, the coaching staff. They did what they had to do. It just looked like JJ said after the game, uh, we could have been here till, whatever he said, we could have been here till the cows come home. The ball wasn't going in the net. So let's just go home. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get that, that Spartan PK in the 96th or whatever. <laughs> Being an asshole now. But, uh, you know, credit to Benfica for doing what they had to do. But at the end of the day, Portimonense came to play, and they played their game. They defended well. JJ was right about them defending. They yeah. did exactly that, and they kept Benfica off the score sheet. And, uh, look, move on to the next game, and, um, yeah, you know, let's try to build another streak. Yeah, and, and, and Cesar, and, and this was something in the preview, that uh, Portimonense had not yet lost the game away from the Municipal de Portimão. Uh, and like Cesar saying, Portimonense is one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, they're they're right up there with uh, Benfica and Sporting, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as we look at the table. Uh, but yeah, it, it, look, I thought that they were they were lucky. I thought Paul Sergio uh, in a, in a press conference after the game, he did said that they were they were lucky, but uh, he also uh, recognized the what what their what the his players did, uh, which was you know getting points from a from Ungrand is is a big accomplishment and and certainly uh you know their team did just that Befica lost three points uh that gap of four points to Sporting in Porto is now gone and as Cristiano mentioned now it's it's time to get back to the grind and, and grind it out because uh you have matches against Porto you have matches against Sporting coming up uh and you want to be in a in a good position it's shitty that we you lost the cushion uh but certainly um you're still in first so into, into this international break and first uh, with the ability to um, to rest some players and to uh, reset some batteries. Um, that's all we can do. Dave, numbers on this game, man. Yeah, first, uh, I think you made a point of it uh, earlier. First goal that Benfica's conceded from uh, corner kick uh, this season. Uh, first time in 26 matches that Portimonense has uh, beaten Benfica at the Estadio de Luz. 
And uh, like we had said, Benfica ended the match with 24 shots, seven of which were uh, on target, which just ties into uh, um, our point that we're making that can't be too frustrated when we were creating these opportunities, just ran into a, a hot keeper. You got to tip the, uh, the hat off to him and just get back at it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just definitely had the game of his life. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is and, and, and we move on. Uh, now we got, uh, we got the international break and then we got Trufens, uh, in the inaugural match of the Portuguese cup, uh, this year's Portuguese cup. Dave, you want to give us a little bit on, uh, on Trufens? Yeah. Uh, I don't know uh, much about the team. Shockingly, uh, historic stats are not in our favor. Uh, only played them twice. And, uh, in those two matches back in 2009, uh, one draw, one loss, uh, they're currently in 14th uh, position in the second division with one win, four draws, two defeats. And our uh, B team already beat them uh, third week of the season, 2-1. So at least we have the uh, B team to look uh, look forward to. Here's yeah. the thing. I know it's only two games, but at least in Portugal, how many teams can you really look at their historic matchups with Benfica? Say it never be, it, we never lost to Benfica. And, and exactly. And, or like, it, you know, Benfica's got, and this end, they got the worst numbers. Benfica got the worst numbers of the two. They got the loss. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could go, you know, whatever. You could tie seven games in a row. It's never a loss. Right. But I'm talking about that. I don't know if I'm making any That sense. positive no, win margin. Yeah. They, actually, they, actually, they actually have a positive win margin over Benfica, which is how, how many teams in Portugal can you really, you know, can really say that? None. No, I don't know. Uh, Porto definitely has our numbers. Every time I pull up those stats, yeah, but I mean, uh, we're talking about the the small Min fish, the minnows, yeah, these minnows here, the yeah, small fish. Sure. I mean, that's completely completely different story. But I've already played Benfica twice and never losing a game. Uh, that's remarkable, and I hope you, that stat is correct, Dave. Hey, we get that zero. from Wikipedia. Oh, you got it that from Zero Zero? Then that's legit yeah. for sure. <laughs> Why Wikipedia gets it from Zero Zero, bro? <laughs> Wikipedia is just—it's Neil somewhere in his bedroom updating Wikipedia. Shout out to Neil. Neil, thank you for listening, bro. Big shout out. Keep them beers cold. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, we got that. What what day is that on the sixteenth, right, Dave? Yeah, I believe uh, the sixteenth here. Yeah, so that's that's uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, that's a Saturday. Saturday at uh, 8.15 local time. 8.15 local time. So 3.15 USA. 3.15 USA, yeah. Well, USA East Coast. Yeah, that's right. Um, also, this, uh, and, and again, uh, international break happens, but this weekend, big, big, big event uh, for for the club. Um, you got the Villarista in the house here. You got the, the, the Villarista in the house? <laughs> Um, He's giving me the number one finger. I'm number one. <laughs> no, you know we got uh, we got Benfica's elections, obviously, yeah. um, this weekend. And, and elections is always is always a, a big uh, a big momentum for for uh, for the club, right? Because our, our club uh, was a democratic club before Portugal. It was even a democratic country. Um, so we take a lot of pride in, in, in that and being able to, uh, exercise our, our right to vote and to elect, um, the people that we feel are best suited. Have you gotten your letter with your pin? I didn't. <laughs> no. 
you're not supposed to get a letter with the pin. Because the vote, and, and no. you, guys, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, the vote is only supposed to be in person. You can't No, vote. but I think you go to your... I, see, this is the part. You go confusing. where? I think you go to like Casa Benfica. No, you can't. There's I thought no it was such, just for the mainland. Th there's no uh, such thing. Uh, pera -i, pera -i, pera -i. There's no such thing. It's so only, we don't have to pay our quotas. It's to, only uh, it's only forced post his son about a picture. He got a pin. I but I meant to ask him, how did you that get a pin? You could get that was the from the elections. Yeah, the, last you just year. you just got it from the elections <laughs> of last year. That's right. No, I didn't get a pin and I didn't hear oh. about it. anyone else getting a pin. It's only they agreed on the uh, on the Assemblée Générale um that it was only going to be uh in person, vote in person this election. They agreed both both um both parties agreed that there was going to be public only. Uh so I don't know how Jaffe first got a pin. Uh maybe once he got released from Twitter jail, all this shit started <laughs> coming together. <laughs> no, I just I you can't vote. You can't vote online, from what I understand. Um well Davey said I'm from Toronto and I got my letter with a pin. So that, maybe there you go. David, but I think it's to go to a house. You could go to a house. That's a physical Dave, vote. does it say go to the house? The uh, house of cards? No, it gives you a not website. you, Not you, Dave. The other dude. No, the other uh, I'm reading uh, I'm reading Sergio's letter that he posted uh, here. He's got the, it looks like you can go on uh, online and vote. And it's the uh, really? date, dated 2021. So it's not last year's uh, elections either. I don't know. I'm confused. But see, I told you there was a letter. I mean, it could be voting for. Yeah, I, if that's the case. Uh, so anyway, uh, elections, you got Rui Costa, obviously, on one side, and you got Movimento Servido Benfica, which is headed by Francisco Benitez. Um, if you guys want both of of those parties, I guess, if you want, both or, or both candidates have um, their. They're doing um, a debate. They're doing, they're doing a debate. Is it tomorrow? TV, they're doing a debate. They're actually, Benfica TV is actually showing the opposite. They actually interviewed, uh, what's his name, Benitez? They interviewed Rui Costa yesterday. yesterday. They and interviewed Benitez, Benitez today. today. Uh, and also, Benfica Independent interviewed Benitez that's yesterday. It, that's what I was going to get to. Olaki, Benfica Independent, we right here. They did a great job. And now, listen, I want to ask our in-house socio, Grand Brun Bar, Brun are you happy with uh, with what's going on so far this year? I mean, last time when we saw it, like, there was no debates. There was none of that allowed. I mean, you were a fan of some of those things. Are you happy with the current situation? I mean, if you could affect that, it seems like they're having a little bit more uh, leniency or a little bit more con conversation back and forth as opposed to last time. I think it's a step in the right direction, but uh, definitely needs a little bit <laughs> definitely <laughs> alfredo putting the mute on me but i i think uh i think it needs to be better you know i think bit should be impartial and yeah. hold a debate with not you know in this case there's only two uh candidates but so you're saying like pbs they bring in some outside dude to ask questions, not a guy from inside Benfica, right? Like a dude that has not, maybe bring that Anibal Vastus, that guy that, that hates on Benfica on same TV. Let him ask the question. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why Why not? Not? You know, I mean, we just have to be have to have more impartiality to everything. And I, I read something today that Rui Costa wanted to do limited mandates, which you know, if if it's true, uh, you know, I'm I'm with that. I think he said three uh, three to four mandates. 
but four is still sixteen years. Sixteen years. That's still a lot. I'm cool with that. You're cool with a project that's sixteen years. See, uh, I'm, I'm. I think one, that I'm one of those. I don't really like. I think like, that I don't want the terms to be long. Plus one. I don't two want, plus one. I don't want. I don't want there to be long terms when when we have a shithead for a president. But when it's a great president, I don't really care. Yeah, but but I think to me, what needs to what 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 the change that needs to to to, to happen at Benfica and Benfica world is the fans stop eating. Sh- by the freaking shovel and wake up. It shouldn't take you 16 years to wake up. Yeah. That's, I think, the problem. I don't think the, the, the system is broken, per se. I think it's the fans. The mentality is broken. Yeah. I think Because, yeah. because you could have straight, you could have righted or wrong a long time ago, as opposed to just believing in everything. It's like a fairy tale book. You know what I mean? They believe that Cinderella is going to wear a glass slipper. Well, uh, yeah. And this goes a lot deeper than that, right? Because the, the, the statutes of the club were changed and obviously they were changed with the sausage permission, right? Because they were up for vote. Sausage didn't care. They didn't show up. They didn't care about things. And things were changed in favor of the president that was already there. And then when it was too yeah, late, that I got a problem with. when it was too late, now it's, now it's too late uh, in terms of, the number of, of, of votes that you have if you're a sausage that's been there for X amount of years. The Kazas get 50 votes each. Who do you think the Kazas are going to vote for? You think they're going to vote against the, the club? Against the president of the club? They're who, not. Who just came in and, uh, you know, put up beautiful walls? And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's sending you free coffee? Uh, who's sending you paper towels? Yeah, and, and- Yenik. Dude, they do a they do a great job of modernizing a lot of these. Uh, no, but th- I, I think that causes. I was listening to the Benitez uh, interview with Benfica Independent today, uh, and he was saying how a lot of the causes are kind of left um, to fend for themselves without the support of the club, uh, and also uh, the houses. and And I, I guess I, I'm not a big. Um, I'm I'm not a got a, a big visitor of the the Benfica house here in Newark, um, but they said that the house had has turned more into a cafe business and uh, and a club shop business than a place where Benficaistas go to hang out to talk Benfica to watch games. I agree with you. It's um, more of a pastime. Well, I hear. Look. It is a cafe. And in the Benfica, Casa Benfica key in Newark. I, I, look, I, I know the guys that are there, but bad job by them. They should have had us in the building already by now to host a podcast. And, you know, that's what Benfica, Dave, you're, you're, you know, you're over there smiling, but, you know, like that's what the Benfica Brotherhood's about. Yeah. And I, I think uh, they could have done a better job. They could have had us there promoting their own place. And I think it's, you know, it would have been good for them. It, at the end of the day, we're all pulling yeah, we, for the I same mean, direction. we could still do it. I mean, we know the guys there. All we had to do is really I'm talk still to them. I'm going to criticize them, uh, Bruno, because they, <laughs> why do I have to mention it to them? They should have mentioned it to us. Yeah. But I, you know, the thing is that they don't have strong Wi Fi and, you know, all that good stuff anyway. Uh, but yeah. So, um, the manifestos for both candidates are available online, and I wrote down where you could find them. Um, this is the part of the podcast. You could, you could look. I had <laughs> Cristiano. You could Cristiano's my witness, right? I had look at all the bye, bye. the shit that I wrote 
to talk about. I got good Wi-Fi. You could go over all of them. Go ahead. <laughs> to go, but then after <laughs> after reading this and and there's so much jargon on you here needed, and, and boots? politics, and I was just like, I'm just gonna leave this alone. So if you want to uh, read the the, the manifesto for for Rui Costa, it's SLB Rui Costa 21-25.pt. That's the site where you could get it. Uh, and Servir uh, Benfica, you could go to Benitez. It's M, uh, I'm sorry, B E N I T E Z 2021.com. Uh, and you could get uh, both manifestos there. And, and look, look, it's um, a lot of it is is promises, obviously. A lot of is a lot of it is is somewhat utopian uh, in terms of what they um, of what they wish uh, for the club. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, these are all promises that are Benfica, uh, all of us Benficistas hope uh, that they will come through and they'll come, they'll do good uh, on their promises. Um, you guys know, and you've heard me here, I have a problem with Rui Costa because, you know, I, I, I just think that this whole time that he's been under Vieira, he had to have known something, uh, whether he was actively involved or not. I think he had to be aware of it. Uh, and I think that there's 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 probably part of him that that was left off, uh, but I think there's part of him that was involved. Um, we've already seen two VPs step down uh, that were Vietistas. Uh, the guys that he brought in didn't really change much. There was two new faces that came in. One is Fernando Ciara, which was a, a Vieta man, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so not much change, but. The biggest thing right now that a lot of people are looking at is that Benfica is doing well. If you want to kind of um, reduce it to to sporting results, right? Uh, he's also um, come through on, on the things that he wanted to do, right? So he wanted to, to start off the season well. Uh, he wanted to complete the, the Imprestimo Brigui Sinista. Uh, he wanted to uh, uh, make the Champions League. Uh, he wanted to be doing well domestically. All of those things have happened, uh, whether it's by stroke of luck or or, uh, or stroke of genius, that have happened. So, in a way, he has done, or things have happened in favor of him. Uh, Benitez was a guy that had um, run last year, um, was going to run last year. Then he decided to join with Noronha Lopes. And then we all saw how that that happened that that whole uh, election how it turned out Vieta won blah 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 blah. So I, I don't think that Benitez has a chance uh, to win uh, this election, but I do think that it's commendable the fact that he feels that there's a lot of Benfica's that are not happy with the with the way the club has gone, and as a result, he he could be a voice of those Benficistas. Uh, in which myself, uh, I, I, I include myself in. Uh, so it took a lot of guts because he knows that he probably has no chance, but he's at least keeping Rui Costa honest, right? He's forcing Rui Costa to come up with, with something. Um, and I think that he's, he's come up with a lot of, a lot of good things. I, I read both manifestos, as I mentioned, and I think that, that there's a lot of good things uh, on the manifesto. Uh, and if you have a chance, I mean, I think Benitez is 52 pages uh, and there's a lot of pages with graphics and, and pictures and Rui Costas is 24 pages so if you have some time obviously it's in Portuguese if you have some time do that uh, but uh, 
but yeah, um, it's an election. It's an important time. I feel that Ricosta is going to win. And I really hope that we usher in a new era for Benfica. Uh, and if it was something that I always pointed out to to Luis Luviera, it was that he might be a great businessman or not, right? Uh, but one thing was certain, he knew diddly squat about football. Uh, and if there's anyone in that structure that knows about football, it's Rui Costa. So in that aspect, and understanding the experience that he's had in the clubs that he has has gone through and what he's seen, and, and maybe Berlusconi is not <laughs> is not the the best example, right? But but certainly, he's been involved at some of the biggest organizations in the world, and I hope that he's able to transition into this guy that really brings back the values of the team, the values of the club. Uh, that brings prestige to the club uh, in the present. And so we don't live off of the prestige of the club in the past. So I, I'm hoping that we can usher in uh, that new era with Rui Costa. I have no doubts in my mind that he will he will win the election. Uh, and I just hope that Benfica goes on a different direction uh, and it go in a direction that a lot of us Benficaistas hope that the club will go into. Uh, I don't question Benfica's uh, uh, Rui Benficismo. I think that he's a Benficista through and through, uh, much like many of us. Um, and I think that he wants the best for the club. Now, uh, is he completely clean from this Luis Vieira thing? I don't think so. Uh, but it, it, I think it's really up to him to prove in the next couple of years when he wins the elections that he's his own man and then he could take the club into the next the next era. Cristiano, you got any any choice words for this election? Carrega Benfica. Dave? No, I'm just still getting over the Canadian election. I don't want to dive into the Benfica election. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, good call. Um, look, and Cesar says Benito's program is better than Rui Costa one. Um, it, it, I think... I kind of I was reading through the Benitez one and I felt the Benitez one to be a little bit more clear than the Rui Costa one. Um and I think the Benitez one brings up a lot of points that the the purists, the Benfica purists want. Uh and the Rui Costa is 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 something a little bit more it, it, stru it struck me as a, something a little bit more modern into a new era of modernization into um, global recognition, uh, and I think that's more the direction uh, Rui Costa went in. But it doesn't surprise me. You look at uh, Rui Costa's manifesto, and there's there's four pictures of him. there's five pictures of him. One with him as as a youth player. One with him when he when he um, made his debut with the with the main team, and then another one when he returned. And then the other two are him in in a suit. Uh, so there's that careful marketing, if you will, marketing ploy to kind of associate both of them. While a lot of guys that dislike Rui Costa for, as a president are are separating Rui Costa the player from the Rui Costa the dirigent or the director. Um, but look, I, I don't think that uh, Benitez has a chance. But I, I'm I'm glad that he has uh, put himself forth. 
uh, because it just speaks to the the, uh, the democratic um, qualities of of the club. Cristiano, I know that this is not your your strongest uh, point. You're not a politician at heart. You rather um, talk soccer, but uh, certainly an important moment for our club. Yeah, man, look, how do I say this, bro? I think that when it came to the former president, at least, right? I came on this podcast for years and gave people my thoughts and my feelings. And I got shitted on for years. I was called every name in the book. You've seen a lot of emails. I got tons of emails, you know, with sending tons of hate my way. And so it just came to a point where it was just like, I'm not even going to talk about this anymore. And it's like, I know it's not the right attitude to take. I get it. But at least when it came to that one, it was the right attitude. Because, like, I've said all I had to say. Like, you didn't see it before. Like, it ain't my fault. Um, You should have seen it. And so now I'm just deciding to, look, uh, when it comes to my feelings, my opinions regarding who I think is the best man for the job, whatever, I keep that to myself. And when it comes down to the day that we can vote, I'll, I'll do so. Um, I just ask that Benficistas around the world be smart um, because I think that Benficistas are dumb. I think we have a bunch of dumb people that follow this club and it's all because not in a not in a malicious way of course no they're dumb because we should have seen this coming i mean this happened years ago with us with and then we fell on the same track like we're in this predicament because of us the fans the socials us ourselves we're dumb so i'm calling myself dumb too we're dumb yeah we should have been able to no we should we should definitely shoulder a lot of the blame because we're the ones that constantly go over there and we vote for this same nonsense over and over and over. and when you have a chance to change things you still vote for the same nonsense so so at the end of the day whose fault is it ours yeah we're dumb for doing the same thing over and over and over again the sign was the, the sign of insanity is doing the same thing a million times and you use that line result. all the time so it's the only thing i got <laughs> 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 at least you got it right this time I did. all right but the point is that do you know who simple. said that do you know who's who's who said that christian oliver on the big podcast no. <laughs> i just did <laughs> albert coutinho <laughs> albert coutinho Shout out, <laughs> nigga, out. What's up? yeah no look um I, I, you know, what are you gonna do, man? Like, it just... you can't. But here, here's the other thing that that I'll ask because next time that we'll we'll come on here, the we would have known the, um, we would know the the, the results of the election, and and, it, and if it was something that Cristiano and I uh, both agreed on in terms of an editorial line was that regardless who we voted for, uh, right on the last election. Whoever won, we were going to accept and not say support, but we were going to stomach for another four for four years. We're stuck with it, right? And, and the same appeal is is what I what I'll make to to everyone now, right? So regardless of who wins, regardless of whether you're a Rui Costa or you're against Rui Costa, whether you're a Servido Benfica, Servido Benfica with Benitez or not, whoever wins, let's support. Let's support because that's that's the club will be better off if we're all together and united. And regardless of who wins, you got to give the the man the the benefit of the doubt. Well, see, Let support, him do his work. Well, see, Alfred, support. I'm with you. We need to unify with each other, right? We need to get together, support. But 
if whomever wins the elections is not doing what he's promising that he well that's the thing we need to all support and we all need to get on the same page and make sure that these guys are held to to what they're promising. hold them accountable hold them accountable right and and that's the biggest thing you you got to give the guys time to 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 work uh, so whether it's uh, Rui Costa, whether it's Benitez, you got to give them time to work, um, because if if it's all the same, then we we may as well uh, have another election soon. Uh, but you got to let these guys work and unify and and do the best you can. Uh, yeah, like Carlos Amaro says, "He pluribus unum." Man, we just that's how that's how we're gonna leave it. That's it. That's how we're going to leave it. Um, and just we have to support. Um, from what I've seen so far of this team, I think they were on a very good path. Uh, I know we got some games, some tough games coming on. Um, I know we got the Champions League, but I'm encouraged by what I've seen from this team. Uh, and I think that the only thing that's going to benefit this team is the unity of all the fans and the support of all the fans. Not criticize this guy and that guy because JJ was Vieta's choice and Rui Costa's choice, whatever. You know, we got to do it for the greater good of the team. But see, that's see, this is why I don't want to talk about this, man, because I could open a huge can of worms here. I don't. This is why I don't like to get involved in this, right? With anybody, I just like to keep it to myself. Because see, I. I I love you. You're my man. But what you just said, like, you know, you're content with the direction of this team. They're playing well. Like, I, I think this is where the Benfica needs to be smarter, right? Which is regardless of the results, you should want what's best for this club and whoever's going to give that best, right? Who's going to take this club to the next level. Who's going to take this club and, you know, represent this club in a way that we all want to be represented. That's what we should be looking at regardless but what do you, the result. But, but so what do you think is more harmful to the team? If you're a Ricosta guy, if you're a Ricosta guy, right, and you like what he represents and you really believe that he's got his heart in the right place and you think he's got the right mindset and the right attitude and the right people in place to take this club to where we belong, to where we should be, it shouldn't be because of a bad result here and there. It, shouldn't, it should be about, look, because at the end of the day, we talked about us facing Barcelona and how they're going, you know, through their own turmoil. I mentioned here on the podcast that Benfica themselves are going through their own turmoil. You know, it's a shit show at the club, right? The only thing that stabilized it a little bit is the fact that we've won. That's brought some of the stabilization where I guess the fans weren't going up, you know, going over each other. And we've seen all the BS that we saw, you know, in the last election, people, you know, fighting one another because nobody could get on the same page. All of a sudden, because you shared a different opinion, you were just a bad person, right? And we need to be smarter. I think... Regardless of the results, because we know when clubs are going through turmoil, they're gonna they're gonna hit a rough a rough a rough patch, right? And I look at it as whoever I'm gonna decide, whoever I decide to vote, whoever my mind was made up on voting, it wasn't going to be affected or changed. My mind wasn't gonna be changed based on a result, based on the start of the season, because this is you know the next four years, right? This is not about the next three months, the next six months. It's about the next four years. So I understand there's going to be a bump on the road, right, to get to where we need to get. But whomever that candidate is that I believe is the right person, again, I just don't think it should, your opinion, my opinion, anyone's opinion, should be changed based on a few good results. 
If you were in doubt before, now okay, I'm okay because we're winning. Well, then, then, then you're 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 a jackass. No, but I I I understand and I agree with what you're saying. But I think that the team is better off when everyone's united rather than infighting. Agreed, agreed. But it shouldn't be based on what the results we've seen of late. No, that's it. and that's not knocking Ricosta or praising Ricosta. It's just saying if you really didn't think that Ricosta was not the man for the job. You shouldn't be changing your mind because Benfica, you know, beat Barcelona 3-0. 3-0. That's it. Yeah. No, make, yeah, I agree. I agree. Smart about it. But we it, knew this. We the, knew that once we started winning and the season would go according to plan, that some of the guys that were raising waves were going to cool down. We knew that. We knew that things look, were going to get easier for Rui Costa if the team was winning. But that, like you said, that goes to say that Benfiquistas have to be smarter, and that the the club shouldn't be decided on the moment of the club. Agree. That's it. Agree. And look, uh, Ricos has done a lot of good. He's done a lot of good. But you know, we need to hold people accountable. So I'm not knocking Ricos. I'm not. He's my he's my idol. He's my favorite soccer player of all time. Unfortunately for him and, and myself, because it would have meant I was a lot younger, but he's not, we're not talking about him playing on the field. It's totally different things. Him on the field is one thing. Him as a director, be smart. And if you believe that's the right person, vote for him 100%. You know, go behind the man. And if you believe Benitez is, whatever, but just don't be influenced by a couple of results here and there because, you know, things are good in football today and tomorrow they're not. Yeah. Yep, that's all we got for you this week. Uh, don't forget to check out Benfica Independent. I know that there's a lot more content coming uh, through on uh, elections. I know that uh, those guys are busy recording stuff. Also, uh, the Benfica ladies uh, played their uh, first match of the Champions League against Bayern today at the Seychelles, and they tied Bayern. Yep. Uh, so a uh, 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 Herculean uh, effort by by the ladies and and. Uh, and praise to the club also that uh, that finally is allowing them to play at the Seychelles, at least. They could have been playing that Stade de Luce. Nothing going on at Stade de Luce. A game like that, eh, See, that was, deserved that, it. That was actually one of the, the, the bits I caught from Ricosta in his interview and when, when they talked about the, the female squad. And he said, it's not that we don't want them to play there. It's that Benfica, call it what you want to call it. We need to expand, whether it's Seychelles, or we need to find another facility because they have all the teams from all the age. There's just not enough space for everybody. And so I think that's what it comes down to. I don't think it was because they didn't want them to play at the Seychelles. I just think that when you have the U19s, the B team, the this team, that team, the, you know what I mean? You have so many games going on at once. It's tough to fit everybody in. And I do agree with the request on that point that they're going to have to expand at some point. They're going to have to get new. Yeah, but I mean, I think that they could work out logistics in a way that they, they could now. allow the the ladies to play at the at that main field at the Seychelles. Yeah, but least. they have now. Now they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing it for European competitions uh, domestically. They're still playing at the Tapadinha. Tapadinha sounds a dope ass name. <laughs> right? It's better than Seychelles. I'd rather play at Tapadinha. Right, Dave? Yeah. What's the capacity? 500, 500 standing. standing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Break anyway. Your own seat. Yeah. So, that's all we got for you uh, this week. Next week, we're going to be taking a break as a result of uh, the European um, 
the international break, I should say. Uh, 10 CO10 87 DO87 Epifica Podcast. Bruno, what's your uh, Twitter? The like here. Huh? Bruno's, Bruno's mind. Corrupted. <laughs> Bruno's <laughs> mind. É só skills so, lá so dentro dust. correr. So dust, so skills. Bruno's oh, Instagram. Bruno's Bruno, what did you do when Instagram was down, bro? <laughs> he went on Facebook. <laughs> oh, that was down too. He went on WhatsApp. Oh, wait. I know. <laughs> Um, Appreciate all the Freddy. MySpace. People are on MySpace. (laughs) AMSN Messenger was making a comeback too, I guess. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, thanks to all the Freddies for for keeping us company, man. We really appreciate it. And it was lively. Cesar. Cesar is in the other side of the world like uh, like Peggy. Is he? Um, Yeah, he's in Australia. I know that. Big, big shout outs. Cesar, thank you. Thank you and all the other Freddies, man. We we really appreciate this, man. We're glad that we're coming to you guys live. We're glad that you guys yeah. are able to join us, chit chat, talk your trash. I love the part where you guys, you know, you do seldomly do it, but I love the part where you send praises, praises my way. <laughs> <laughs> keep them coming keep them coming don't hesitate alright everybody uh, thank you so much for all your support enjoy your week uh, take the weekend off man enjoy yourselves uh, do something fun uh, cold weather for us here in the northern hemisphere is coming not cold yet um, enjoy that fall if you got kids apple picking pumpkin picking all that good stuff man you know what to do uh, just get outside man get outside exercise and, and do all all the nice things be kind to each other take care everyone later speak to you again in a couple weeks later bye ciao ciao man.